Are you an aspiring leader who knows you have more to offer but you can't seem to get ahead? Do you frequently feel overwhelmed and undersupported? Listen to the Overcome to Become podcast as we talk about actionable tasks and mindsets that you can apply to begin leading yourself. Hi, my name is Angela Buckley, your host and author of the Strength in Nature Leadership Series. I'm a mother, consultant, triathlete, and author. In Overcome to Become, I share with you the science-backed and experience-proven lessons I've learned in my own leadership journey to beat burnout. Thanks for listening. This is our client episode of season one of Overcome to Become. Thank you all for joining us on this journey. This is one of the series that we've been putting together for the Overcome the Overwhelm class as part of the Strength in Nature leadership series. So I have been working with Katie now. I have known Katie for many, many years. Katie O'Keefe is a wonderful musician. She is a wonderful academic. She is a wonderful mom and a community citizen in Columbus. So Katie, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? I was a professional musician for about 30 years. I specialized in folk song, most especially in the German community, um, but also in the Irish community. And I also uh, specialized in uh, Renaissance and chant in uh, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Columbus, where I was employed for many, many years as music director. Following uh, a surgery, I lost my voice. And so I decided to go back to school because I had never finished my bachelor's degree. So at 46, I went in to finish my last two years of a bachelor's degree and uh, finished up when I was 48, got my first grown-up job at Ohio State University, and uh, and I was off and running. And I worked there as an instructional designer, so I help teachers teach better online. That's, that's my current position. And as you may imagine, um, sometimes it gets really stressful when you're getting down to the wire on some things, you're working with a team. So it's really important to, to keep yourself, you know, grounded and, and able to move forward uh, with your tasks when that happens. And that's kind of where Angela came in, in the middle of the pandemic. So... I love that you use the word grounded. It was completely the word that was going around in my head when you were saying there. So um, thank you. Thank you for using that word. It makes me excited. But as you know, what with me pursuing my PhD also in organizational leadership or development in the education system, I love what you do. It's so helpful. And I can imagine, I know I've experienced this people think they know more about learning than they do. So I imagine that maybe you guys were feeling undervalued prior to COVID. Um, I think it depended on the the spot where I was. I've been Mm -hmm. in three different colleges at the university and um, the college where I was when the pandemic began, um, uh, we were very valued by the faculty. And believe it or not, we had worked very hard to embed ourselves in the program that I was working with. And um, they, they really appreciated all of the work that we had done to get them to move some of their lectures online. Because when the pandemic hit, they had a three month running start. They were ready. They were ready. 
And we were able to get everything together and up online and ready to go within one week of the, of the pandemic closures being announced. So <clears throat> that was huge. That's amazing. Good job. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was, it was exciting. And I was the only ID on staff at the moment. Um, so, I mean, I'm very, I'm very grateful to the faculty that I was working with for hanging with me and hanging tough and trying new things. And they did a great job, but it was one of those things where the challenges just never ended. Mm -hmm. We never knew. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was going to happen next. We had no idea what was going to happen in the fall. And we were trying to plan ahead so that we could get ahead of this still. And it just, it just never ended. The pressure was immense. And I was all by myself uh, in a, in a, uh, an office that was designed to be run by two. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it got really difficult. So the sacrifices that I was making personally to be essentially two people at once were not being appreciated the way that I felt that they ought to. And I, and I think that's really, that's, that's the case of what happened there. But like after the pandemic, I moved to a a new college, a different college and um, they're all teachers. And so they really do know a lot. Okay. And, and um, they really do kind of, uh, they're not sure they want to talk to me. Uh, They, they think maybe I make, might make things more difficult for them. And it's, I always tell people it's my job to make your life not stink. That's, that's my job. I want you to, I want you to have a wonderful semester and not one that makes you want to, you know, set your hair on fire. That, that is not where I want you to be. So um, that's, that's kind of how it is. It is right. It's um, I find sometimes that our work is open, uh, welcomed with open arms. And sometimes I feel that I have been inserted into a position that management thinks I should be in, but maybe the people are not all that receptive to the services I have to offer. Exactly. And that's what I'm finding, you know, as I move around the university and different colleges have different cultures and, you know, as an organizational behavioralist, (laughs) you you understand how that works. And, and, and really it's kind of odd. I mean, it's, it's one university and it really mm-hmm. is one university and there is a university culture, but there are many different microcultures within that university that exist that are built around a variety of things, you know, like you, the professional identity of people and uh, the, the uh, work that they do with the community or not at all with the community. And all of those things impact how they deal with their students in the classroom and thus how I deal with them to get that message to the students. So, um, uh, yes, as a person who has multiple degrees from Ohio state and different yeah. colleges, right? Every single yeah. one is from a different college. Yeah. Um, I identify and understand and empathize all at the same time yep. with yep. the yep. difference in the cultures from college to college within the university. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yes. It, it does make it challenging. I mean, you are still working for the same entity, but 
not really. So, yeah. And people influence that regardless, right? Regardless of the personalities that tend to go into a field, you also have individuals. Right. Exactly. That make your day or break your day. Yes, absolutely. 110%. (laughs) (laughs) And COVID did not help any of us, right? I mean, let's be honest, even those of us who might be calm and enjoy working with new challenges and look for change management opportunities. Um, COVID was not a change that I was looking for. And I really enjoy change management and Mm -hmm. changing and understanding how to bring people together collaboratively. Mm -hmm. And I will say, yeah, COVID was pretty rough. Yeah. Lots of changes we weren't expecting. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can remember one day in the middle of, in the middle of June, we were having a meeting about, um, I think we were hiring a new, a new person to take some of the weight off of me. And um, we were talking about some of the details around what this person needed to be able to do. And I just burst into tears. I'm like right there on the Zoom call, just falling apart completely. I just shut my video off and shut my audio off. And I mean, I was a major part of that conversation and I could not even have it. I just, it was like, one thing too many. And, you know, it just got, it just got to the point where everything was changing constantly and nothing. And it wasn't even like, we're going to change and we're going to go this direction. Cause I like being really decisive about these things. If I pick something, we're going that direction. And there were some times when, you know, we would pick something and go that direction. And then we would have to shift because something else happened. Katie, and that's so very German of you. I German, know. German American of you. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, me and Descartes, you know, Descartes <laughs> talks about that too in his method of uh, reasoning. Pick a direction and go in that direction, which I mean, you know, that's how you get out of the woods. If it is off. true. And then adjust as you go, right? But yes, standing right. still will not get you anywhere. Will not get you anywhere. That's right. So- can you just talk to me a little bit about some of the emotions that you were going through? What led you into, if, if you're willing to share. So if mm-hmm. I ask anything that's too, too much, please let me know. Um, okay. What can you identify or articulate some of the emotions that lead to a breakdown or crying? I mean, crying in a professional setting is hard, yeah. right? As, a, as women, it's probably the one thing everyone tells us never to do. Never cry. And yet, and yet right, don't show weakness. I work with almost all men. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. What, how did you get there? And then how did you recover? So how I got there was by asking more of myself than anyone else was asking. Also okay. very German of you. German American. Yes. yes. Come in, take charge make it happen, make everybody's day and, and, you know, and keep everybody kind of floating. I mean, I felt like that was my responsibility. My partner had, had had a major um, mental illness uh, occurrence like six months before the pandemic and she wasn't coming back. And I was devastated. She was my friend too. 
And I was just devastated because I was missing my friend. I was missing my, my leader who had been my leader since we started, he moved to another place and I was angry because I felt like I was all alone and these people had abandoned me and I cared for them. Mm-hmm. And I was sad that all of this work was going into keeping people alive and yeah. keeping them safe. And no, these people were, there were people that didn't appreciate it, like to the point that they were endangering other lives. And that was frustrating. Uh, I was working in a, in a, in a health field uh, college at the time. And so I was hearing firsthand from the clinical professors, what was happening in the hospitals and in the pharmacies and in the doctor's offices. And I was, I was thinking, how can you not see that this is dangerous? Why would you ever think this would be okay to just like, oh, we don't need a mask. We're out of here. (laughs) You know, that was very frustrating. And I know that sounds really like very side issue, but in the moment, that was very, very important. I mean, they were endangering the lives of my faculty, the clinical faculty who were teaching. And so, you know, having, having that worry, which was not my worry to have, but it was a worry. Um, And then having the worry of, you know, making sure that we got it all done and we got it all done correctly Mm -hmm. to the best of our abilities, that, that was just, it was a lot. It was a lot to carry for an entire college. I mean, I recall you were also moving. Your yeah. home, you were building your parts. We were of building your home. on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you had you had that going on. And since we tend to walk in many of the same social circles, I imagine you were also grieving. We lost many, many people in early stages. Many yeah. musicians, many choir yeah. members. Yes. Um, one of our social clubs lost 25% of its membership. Wow. Not because they didn't sign up. They passed away in the last two years. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen that number, but no, I did um, not. Even if we're not announcing every single loss, you feel it because we yeah. see the people no longer with us, right? Absolutely. So and it I, doesn't leave holes. It leaves holes in the in the cultural makeup of, of your circle, even if you weren't, you know, their best buddy, you didn't Mm -hmm. sit next to them in choir or anything. You were still looking for that person across the, the, the way and, you know, listening for their laugh and. Well, and the support choir is community. So you've, you've said many times today, Mm -hmm. you felt alone, you felt isolated. And one of the topics that we talk about is community, the building of community. Even as we learn how to set boundaries, we have to build the community so that as we establish boundaries here that some people may not appreciate for their own reasons, we have to have the strength and the support of the others that reinforce our boundaries. And so much of our social fabric became a whole. I mean, the gauze simply was was missing, right? Yeah. During that time period. So you're adding on stress at home, like you're living family stresses as well. Cause I I think you had a family member with some illness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You had 
switching jobs, switch of your, your manager that you respected, mm-hmm. your, your partner at work was no longer there. I mean, and then let's just summarize COVID, right? Like mm-hmm. all the things that go on, it's a lot. It's absolutely a lot to handle. It is. So, you know, sometimes crying is the first step of saying, okay, I need some help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who tell, who told me that crying is the final step in a stress process. So okay. like if you're, if you're like stressed out and you're crying, that's good because it means you're almost done with that piece. And, and it's like a pressure valve, like mm-hmm. on a pressure cooker, it yep. lets some of the steam out and, and resets everything, which I think is absolutely right. But if you've gotten to that point where the pressure has had to go off, then something is wrong inside the pan and you have to figure out what it is mm-hmm. so that, so that you can fix it before it blows its top. Right. Yes. So what did you do? Because you are in a phenomenal place right now, right? I even see where you have your little she den. What are you calling your room? Um, it's my studio. Actually. Your studio. Okay. Excellent. I love it. It is my studio. And, um, I, I even have that on the door. It's very okay. exciting. So there were, there were a few things that I did. Um, one of the first things that I did was you reached out to me and said, Hey, I can help you. And I said, okay, I'm going to let you because I, I don't let people help me. That's one of the first things, first rules of being a German American woman, never let anybody help you, but <laughs> that needs to We're go away. We're working on that. All of us, but We're that just to needs better. to go away because yes. you absolutely have to have people. People do need other people. And I definitely needed somebody who knew more than I did about how to handle burnout. Um, so one of the first things she told me is you need to eat decent food. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yes, mom. <laughs> so nutty buddies are off the, the, the traveling squad. That makes okay. me very sad, but okay. But, um, that was the first thing. The second thing you told me, um, that, that really stuck with me. And I still do this like even now today, um, like today, like I did this, um, when I get restless or unfocused or unable to, you know, get my brain to stop reeling, to get up, stand up, put a jacket on and go outside and take a walk and then come back. <laughs> For those of you on the podcast world, I just did a little happy dance. <laughs> it is my favorite favorite thing to advise, right? Yes. Go outside and be grateful for the world that's around us. And it literally works every time. And of course, right now it's, you know, fall at this moment in Mm -hmm. time. Um, It's fall and all the trees in my neighborhood are in full color. It's beautiful out. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm delighted that I, that I took that time for myself because when I got back, I was able to refocus and dig back in and really make some progress on the problem I was working on. And that's that's like one of the most invaluable things that I got. And then I don't remember if you told me to do this or if I just intuited it, but I realized that one of the things that I was missing was the creative activity of music, my, mm-hmm. my, my music. Yeah. my musicianship. I conduct. And so 
there is no conducting, you know, your, your phone and, you know, it's kind of hard to do on zoom also just, I mean, it's just not an easy thing. And especially in the early days of the pandemic, they, they had this squelch thing going on where if you were both talking at once, somebody shut it down. So, um, yeah, that was not going to be a thing. We were not going to be singing together. My instrument does not even fit in a screen. So yeah, you know that I was doing alt solo work by myself. Yeah. I did a couple little videos with my piano, but, um, ain't nobody paying me to play piano in public. So (laughs) (laughs) now my instrument is my instrument and I am happy to perform yeah. And, and lecture and whatever, but the piano is not my instrument. Yeah. No, see, that's, yeah. Mm-mm. I have a keyboard. Yeah. But I have I, a piano. Yeah. I use this keyboard um, when I get stuck on a, on a problem, like a puzzle that I'm mm-hmm. sorting out. Like if I'm reading and, and doing something where I have to pick a piece of philosophy apart or something, I, if I get stuck or I go, oh my gosh, my brain is full. I'll go over here and I'll play a piece or two on the piano and it is always terrible. You know, nobody needs to hear this at all, but, um, but it helps me, it helps me kind of like unwind that, uh, that problem. And so when I go back, it's like the walk, when I go back, Mm -hmm. I can, I can do more with it. And neurologically, you know, from a, from a learning perspective, neurologically, this makes total sense because They've proven that having exercise after you've studied actually helps you retain better. It activates that diffuse thinking that you need in order to sort all the information that you just got into its little holes. So your brain isn't full anymore. It really does get full. So Katie, you're taking over my lines. I'm sorry. No, it's it's, it's, perfect. I love the ID stuff. You know, (laughs) it is. And I really appreciate that you said that because I wanted to apply that actually to the music, right? The reason the music helps us so much is that it drops our heart rate. You focus on your breathing. Mm -hmm. That helps you a lot, right? Like that breathing, you're relaxing some of those muscles, even though it might not be a song that everybody else wants to hear you play. You've probably played it a million times. I probably played the same songs I played in fourth grade still because yeah. they bring me a sense of relaxation and my fingers can, I can talk and look the other direction and my fingers can still play it. Cause there's so much muscle memory and there's so much calming associated with yeah. the same silly songs that again, yeah. All the piano teachers are glad that we take these lessons because then we know we're going to hire other piano teachers for our children, yeah. but um, we will not be out in public. I'm not taking any of their money away, but it matters, right? Because listen, we're, we're relaxing, we're mm-hmm. using the muscles, we're breathing, and you're using that creativity in order to recenter yourself. Right. And music is such a connection. You've just connected to your childhood when you felt calm, right? Like when my dad comes in the screen, dad, there's the piano. It's a good thing. Like it's a literal management technique in our family. Yeah. Why don't you play some Christmas songs? And (laughs) as he ages, there's a few more notes that are falling out or you hear the little clinkers here and there. And you know what? He is happy. He's happy. And you feel that happiness 
as you bring that in. So I don't always, unless I know the person with the music, I don't always recommend music because for some people they feel like that's outside or you're pushing someone in a zone. But Mm -hmm. that's why we start with the physical elements of the walk, of drinking water, of eating right. We start with our little physical boxes that we know we can check Mm -hmm. and we move on. And there are certain activities that I feel like are high bang for your buck when it comes to overwhelm and definitely music is one of them. Yeah. It really is because it activates so many pieces of your brain. I mean, it, it activates, I I used to tell my, my choirs, it activates your mind, your body and your soul Mm -hmm. to sing, to sing a, a church hymn. Well, you know, and together meditate on it and together. I mean, and they've proven that too. I mean, there's that whole vagus nerve, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that calms and, and soothes you that community is, it cannot be overstated. And so, I mean, like in a time like COVID where we were not with our church families, so we weren't singing every, every week with our church families and we weren't singing in choirs because we couldn't stand together in order to, you know, do it. And, and we were not in our offices and we were at home with our families, which is lovely. However, sometimes a house gets really small, really fast, and it doesn't matter how big your house is. So, (laughs) so, I mean, that community that we have, have assembled our family of choice, if you will, Mm -hmm. has, you know, doesn't have any legs. I mean, you can't, you can't get to them. You can talk to them, but there's something about being with a human being, another human being in a room that, Mm -hmm. that is very special about, uh, you know, about, about singing, about, you know, listening to live music. I remember Michael and I went to see Hello, Dolly, Uh right after, right after the, the first wave of the pandemic, I was sitting in the theater and realized that this was the first time I had heard live music, like live musicians in months, months and months. And I, I almost cried. It was just, it was, it feels so different to be sitting there. So I know this is way off tangent, (laughs) but But it's, but it's not right. It's one of the elements that's truly important to you to help you overcome the overwhelms. Like when we talk about bang for your buck, right? Like the amount of time music is an, is a critical element, especially for someone who is a trained musician, and you have so much music deeply rooted in your family as well. And, and that's how we met, right? Why yeah. did we meet? Because I had a three-year-old that doesn't stand still and still had a beautiful voice. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But yes. there Her weren't child that many had a beautiful voice and still does. <laughs> <laughs> and there weren't that many choir directors that had patience for someone with his energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean... But because of you and because of the patience you put into him in that time, he is still performing, right? And having having that. And so again, on topic, right? It matters that you have this opportunity to ground yourself, mm-hmm. to create that community for yourself, to breathe, which mm-hmm. we know drops our heart rate and understanding. And, and then that COVID period of missing that so dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, just, you know, taking that time to, 
think about how can I be creative today? Mm-hmm. Even if I can't sing today, even if I can't sit down at my piano today, what, what are the things that I am doing that are creative? So, you know, finding that creativity in the things that I was already doing. So uh, we were rehabbing part of our house and mm-hmm. adding on. And I discovered that I really loved building things from Ikea. All right. Okay. I know everybody's going to, you know, drag me away with my straight jacket and everything. Only crazy people love this, but I do. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do because I feel like there's this useful object when I'm done that I build. Mm-hmm. So I have an investment in it myself. And I feel like it creates a more harmonious space for my, for my family to live in. So yes. I really, I really enjoyed that. So we put together this library, which is absolutely lovely. Um, I had taken it over for a long time as my office space until we built in the garage, we built this space. Now it's a library again, and people can just sit in there and read and enjoy. And, and, you know, that was a creative thing that I did. And it was, and it was a a piece of me that I hadn't explored before. It's physical. Yeah. And it provides a sense of accomplishment. Um, (laughs) When we first started talking and you had said, I reached out to you, I was observing that you had taken a day off here, taken a day off there. And it didn't seem to me that you were feeling recovered. And then I think you also maybe tripped a few times and you just, it just didn't seem like you. And so I was, was concerned. Right. So, um, that's why I reached out and said, Hey, can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a really, I didn't, I couldn't see it because I was in the situation. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, how can I manage this? Well, you know, if you need a break, take a break. So I did. And then I ended up using up all my vacation time, taking one little break here and one little break there. And it wasn't helping. I was still coming back just as burnt out as I was before I went on for my three day vacation to nowhere. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it was not particularly helpful. And it was really starting to to get to me Mm -hmm. in ways that I didn't even realize were stress responses. So having gone through that, how would you look at yourself and look at your life now and say, I don't want to be there again. What did I learn? Do I want to apply in my life so that I never get to that point again? In August, I had a fall that uh, really roughed me up pretty badly. I, I fell and hit my head on a tree. It was terrible. Um, and I had been doing the same kinds of things. I had fallen back into that pattern where I was like, I'm going to take a day here and a day there. I'd used up all my sick time. I had used up all my vacation time, but I had also had COVID in July and I had also Mm -hmm. buried my father-in-law in in July. And I was not thinking about those links until I fell again. And they asked me if I was under a lot of stress and I'm like, where have I heard this before? (laughs) I'm like, you know, sometimes it takes a two by four to the head to get me to, you know, think more clearly Um, or, or falling on a tree root that also will help. 
I think, you know, in terms of identifying the, your stress responses, I think you need to pay attention to uh, how you move around in the world. I mean, like, are you moving more stiffly? Uh, That's something that happens to me, you know, as you're moving about, does it feel like you feel like you're 9,000 years old? I mean, and, Mm -hmm. and that's really, it's actually a sign of depression, right? So it's some, maybe it's an early, early onset, right? That, that weight. Yeah. The weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it just makes my joints all hurt, you Mm -hmm. know, when I get to that point. And so, um, there's that, um, unexpected falls, tripping and falling, most especially tripping, because that means you're not really paying attention to what's going on around you, Mm -hmm. dropping things more often than you normally would, Um, forgetting to hit send on your email and letting it sit in your outbox. Those are all small things that kind of point to the fact that you've lost focus on what you're doing. Um, and, and you might need to get some help to kind of make it, to make it go away. <laughs> how did you ask for help? Um, how did I ask for help? So last time I called you. Yeah. What yeah. did you do this time? What did I do this time? This time I went to my boss and I said, I think I am really burnt out. And I'm really concerned. I was, I'm very fortunate because I have, I have a really good relationship with my boss and I feel like she listens Mm -hmm. and uh, is, is um, active in finding a solution. Okay. That, you know, that is actionable. Not everybody's boss. Is she hiring? There's a lot of people that want that kind of boss. I (laughs) know she, she is, she would like to be hiring. There is a position that is open on our team but we don't have approval to fill it yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they're still doing the, the big old hiring freeze thing. But, um, but I think that um, if, if you don't have a boss, that's fantastic. You need to find somebody that you can confide in to, to say, Hey, you know, I'm stressed out and I need somebody to talk to if that's the way you process things. Not everybody does. Mm-hmm. I like to process things out loud, kind of talk about the problems and make them seem either have them seem really huge and have somebody wick them down into something that I can actually deal with or to have, you know, somebody to just listen while I spin it out and figure that out for myself, mm-hmm. you know? So those are two ways that I, that I deal with it. And this time I, I also, my mom recognized it because I tripped and I fell and I was like, this is not okay. And so when I got home from the hospital, from having, you know, the CAT scan and everything, and the lump is still not gone. I, 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 I fell. And injuries take a long time to heal. Eight weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. I still have a lump. Mm -hmm. So I, I was talking to my mom and I said, I need help. I need somebody to help me, you know, remember that I need to drink my water, that I need to eat my vegetables. I need you to help me, you know, say, Hey, you're stuck. Well, instead of pouting on the couch, why don't you go take a walk, you know, and just kind of poke me a little bit. Accountability partner, right? So your mom lives with you. Yep. Mom lives with you. So you enlisted an accountability partner. I did. I did. And she's seen you. 
before at this yeah. point, right? So. Yeah. Yep. She was, she went through it with the, with me the last time too. Mm-hmm. So, and, and saw how much just taking those small steps and they're small. It's so easy. It's just, it's not a huge time commitment. It's not a huge outlay of anything. I mean, it's just shifting just a tiny bit yes. so that, so that you can, so that you can get through the day more gracefully. I mean, it, it really just, it helps. There it are just, tiny shifts that have huge impact in our day to day. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, appreciate and applaud you for recognizing that you were getting close to mm-hmm. this, the same overwhelm that you were last year. Um, mm-hmm. But I also want to say, I, I want to share a little bit um, that it's okay. And also a little bit normal to get to that point without recognizing it because it's such a slow creep. You have mm-hmm. a child who doesn't sleep. Well, of course, as the mom or the parent, the caring parent, mm-hmm. right? You're with your child. You're with your child until all of a sudden one day you realize I have not had sleep for how long, but it creeps up on you. Right. This year, my sister was diagnosed with stage 3C breast cancer. Oh, wow. The day her baby was born. Oh. And it was in the height of the there is no baby formula. And so it was, it was rough. There was, there are no good words to describe the emotional roller coaster associated with what she had to go through and completely unfair because the doctor ignored her complaints for four months. Oh. So throw in a, a justified sense of anger, mm-hmm. um, right? The, the family responded, but all summer, People were there caring for the baby, taking turns, helping, talking. Some are doers in our family. We have Marys and Marthas. Some are doers and some are there to sit. And um, I did work from Cincinnati one week and I just held the baby. I just held the baby because she couldn't. Um, And that was a crazy thing right there. But just, just to sit in her presence and let her grieve the life that she had imagined and not be able to have at that moment. Right. Yeah. So the cancer treatment has been so effective Mm -hmm. that in the last two scans, they've tried two different, um, methods. They can no longer detect cancer. That's fantastic. So I'm dressed makeup and the whole nine yards on the way to a gig Mm. in my dress. And I get a text message. And I am, I just started crying, like the pressure I didn't even realize. And my poor sister, right? Like she's the one going through this. I'm just a bystander, but I like, I almost couldn't breathe. I almost had, I had to pull my car over because the pressure release was Mm -hmm. so immense. Honestly, I didn't even realize that I was under that level of pressure, right? Like, of course, I care for my sister. I love my sister. I love her baby, right? Like we're there for her, but, um, I'm, I tend to be a person who cries in happiness, not a person who cries under pressure. Like I might get it done, do it, solve it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like these people, myself included, who go out of their way to solve other people's problems also are more likely to get to the overwhelm. 
because yeah. we are doers and do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And then we don't maybe recognize the pressure that we've put on ourselves or the burden that we've chosen to carry. And then when it's lifted, I mean, like 45 minutes later, I'm already playing my instrument. So in public with, thankfully I have fantastic guys in my band. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had a huge emotional rush, like almost like a sugar low where Mm -hmm. all of from that, from just the emotions coming and going. And I'm like, guys, I, I need a break. Like I had to walk away and, and my instrument requires so much breath, so much control and that focus to play. Um, which helps me (laughs) in Mm -hmm. all these stressful situations. But it got to a point where I was like, I must put my instrument down and walk away. And our, our setup is such that it's made to do that anyways. But I was like, you guys got to carry it for 10 minutes. I need water. I need, I need a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I would say that pressure release was more than a week of really working through the emotions of even recognizing how heavy that burden had been that I was carrying. Of course, pray, meditate, wish for the best, work for the best, do all the outcomes, all these things, visualization. But at the end of the day, hardship is hardship and grief is grief. And when it relieves like that, it's pretty Mm -hmm. fascinating. But I just want to say that we should all be careful and not criticize ourselves if we find ourselves in overwhelm again, because it just creeps up and life is hard. And the way we get through it is by building those communities and having wonderful relationships with, you know, in our, in our case, our musicians community, but Mm -hmm. talking to you, talking to my bandmates, they were there. They're like, we gotcha. Right. And like knowing I've been playing with these guys for five and 10 years knowing that when they say it, they mean it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That level of support makes all the hardships bearable. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Um, we've obviously we've been through a lot in, in the years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family's been through a lot. Um, we lost my dad to cancer in 2017. Dad was a driving force of our musical life in our home. And uh, was the driving force behind musical life for a lot of people because of his his position at the at the Menor Corps. Taking my mom in was um, it was something that I had planned for, but it was not something that I thought I was going to get to do as soon as I did. Mm-hmm. I you know it, it just it was more than I was really ready for at the time when it happened. And there was no way I was going to tell her no at all. I She had welcomed us into her house and I certainly was not going to tell her, mom, sorry, you're stuck where you are. No, absolutely not. But I relied on my friends to get me through that. It was absolutely critical to have that community support to get through that. What I'm seeing with her, and I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this, is that she's isolating herself Mm -hmm. right now. And, um, and we talk about this often. And I think that it has, um, it has a bad effect on her, you know, because all she has to talk to is 
me and my husband who she likes, but she just likes him, you know, I mean, he's not hers. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) We have our people. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think that that overwhelm really can be like the frog in the water in Mm -hmm. boiling water. If you start with cold water, you know, the frog has boiled before jump out. Right. Yeah. Before he knows to jump out. That's right. And so I, and I think that that's how, that's how I get with stress is I keep taking it on. And all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, it's hot in here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've trained and as an endurance athlete, and I have many of these tactics that we teach during this class. They're part of my life because yeah, because of the music and because of the physical activities that I participate in. And so I believe that it allows me to handle quite a bit. However, there is a breaking point for everyone. And it's important to understand where that is. And one, try never to get to it. But two, have that strong sense of community where somebody is not afraid to reach out and say, "Mm, I've seen this before. No, thank you. No, thank you for you. Right. I'm here for you. So Katie, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I have one other question for you though. Okay. You've recently started an awesome endeavor with your kids. I have. Also musically centered. Yes. I have. Tell me a little bit about that excitement. And then we really do need to hop off here. Okay. So I started a record label, um, which is not something that I ever thought I would ever do. This is And I really, when I started it, I didn't really know much about it. I thought, no, this is not for me. But as I read about it, I realized that there were so many ways that this could go wrong for a young band, not just my kids who are a little older, but they're still pretty young for me anyway. Um, But, you know, other young bands, bands that have only been together for a few years or maybe even a year um, who really don't know what they're looking at when they're trying to navigate the, the possibility of getting a record produced mm-hmm. for themselves. Okay. You know, you don't want to be sitting there with the Fisher price recording uh, studio and, and trying to do this, but you also don't want to necessarily throw it into pro tools and turn the reverb up on all of the, all of the things too. Alphorns so, too. Alphorns do. We turn the reverb up all the time. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's appropriate for your, that's appropriate <laughs> for you. That is not appropriate for punk rock. Just okay. <laughs> so OMA Records, so I, right? OMA so Records o- Limited? OMA, OMA Records, which- I love OMA. Good. Yeah. I mean, everybody calls it OMA and that is my nickname from, from my grandchildren. I am an OMA, um, which is German for, for granny. Thank yep. you. Yes. For our yep. listeners out there, German, yep. Oma, Oma, Emma. Yep. And, and, um, and I, and it's kind of a play on that, but it's mm-hmm. OMA because our, um, our, uh, and I don't, oh yes, I do. Um, this is our, our, uh, okay. Our logo yep. So it's, it's an a little amplitude wave. It's yep. an amplitude wave with kind of like an attitudinal uh, quirk of the eyebrow uh, nested inside. And so she's either our mother of amplitude or she's our mother of attitude. It depends mm. on what kind of day I'm having. Gotcha. So, <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah. So I'm really excited. The kids put out their first album in, uh, in August and I have been managing the uh, song portfolio for uh, right around 35 days and um, they are doing extremely well. They have upwards of 3000 monthly listeners at this point which is unheard of for a local band as small as they are. Right. Um, they've only been together for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they have 886 followers, which is also phenomenal for a band their size. Um, they've made connections all over the country and that's all them. Um, <laughs> but uh, but my, my goal is to grow this in a way that the artists have a voice always. Mm-hmm. So- there's always one representative from each band on the board at any time. Okay. And there's always one representative from the band in the A&R board at one time so that, you know, they have a, they have a say in who's brought in mm-hmm. and they have a say in what we're doing uh, to support our artists. But, you know, right now that's just ASMR. So you got know. it. Yeah. Hey, you started two months ago and you guys are doing great. Didn't I read that one of the songs had over a million downloads already? Not a million. No. no. What was uh, it? I saw a really yet. big number. It had it's, a lot of zeros. Yeah. It's, it's really close. One of the songs has really close to 10,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. On its own. For a um, brand new band and a brand new album. That's crazy. Yeah. Job. Yeah. And, and it's really exciting. Um, that's, again, that's a really, that's a big jump for, for the, the kids and their, and their fan base. They worked really hard to build good relationship uh, and good community. I mean, it goes back to that community again, right. Mm -hmm. um, Is building that community, that family of choice that, that the punk rock community is here in, here in Columbus. Anyway, um, they take care of each other. They, they, you know, stand up for each other they help each other get better. There's none of this. Oh, I don't like them because they're, they're better than us. There's none of that. There's it's, it's always building things up and helping people up. Even the mosh pits are nice. I mean, like even the mosh pits, listen, people up. (laughs) you know, little, little off topic, but we'll give a plug to the Columbus music scene. We are tight. We are like, I went to a gig two weeks ago and there were people that I knew that I didn't even know I knew. Right. Yeah. And I showed up and he's like, oh, my mom is so and so. I'm like, I, I've known your mom for 30 years. Right. And yeah. nice and kind and supportive. And you just want to get to know more about them. So yeah. little yeah. plug before we hang up here. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the story from last year and how tough things really were and the techniques that you've been using to get ahead and also the community that you're building to help support you and recognize what overwhelm looks like in you and call you out on it. Right. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much for being on here today. I really appreciate hearing and learning and so excited to see so much more that you will be bringing out to the world. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks for all your help and thanks for inviting me. Oh yeah. My pleasure. Mm -hmm.
You've just concluded an episode of Overcome to Become, a leadership podcast focusing on leading yourself first. Thanks for listening. I'm Angela Buckley with Creatively Efficient, author of the Strength in Nature Leadership Series. To learn more about mindsets and leadership, follow me on Instagram at Creatively Efficient.